Hello, and welcome to Brave Space for Critical Conversations podcast, where we have short and to the point discussions on challenging topics focusing on race, healthy relationships, and parenting. The purpose of this podcast is to share stories in hopes that others can take away some nugget of wisdom to further the work of becoming socially conscious and take action individually. My name is Kelly Webb, founder and principal consultant at Matching Peace. Today, I have a special guest, Ambria Mikolajczyk. Ambria, please tell us more about yourself. So, um, I live in Toledo, Ohio. Um, I have four children. Married to my husband next week, 15 years. That's awesome. I am a, I love him. I am a real estate investor. Um, we buy typically rundown properties in underserved neighborhoods um, that don't have a lot of development or money being invested in them. And we buy them and we renovate them and then we rent them out. I'm a hoarder in that way. I don't like to flip. I know people are successful flipping properties, but we keep them and then we rent them out. And so we manage and self-operate about 200 rental units throughout Toledo. And then we also have a construction company that's fairly new. We were working with a great group of guys who when we were renovating our own property said, hey, we can work with you full time. You have enough work here for us and we enjoy working with you. And then we have people reaching out saying, I love what you've done to that building or that house, a building or a house, can you help me? And so the construction company kind of expanded off of our real estate um, investing history and um, they've both been doing really well. So. That's me. I love the work that we do. It's fun. It's hard every single day, navigating all the things, um, but we make it work nonetheless. So I know that I went right into like the please tell me about yourself because I'm all for people sharing about themselves before I say anything. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to add that you are a a, a mentor and like you're a pillar of the community. because you are right and I'm just really grateful to have on the podcast and I'm just like super excited that you're going to be sharing your insights today because this this is about um what we're going to talk about today is about your life is not necessarily about your professional um endeavors which have been amazing um so I kind of just wanted to talk to you about like how you've been holding up with everything that's been happening and just like even with like the recent tragedy that just happened we're like we kind of thought that we could move move forward but there's been a lot going on so how's that been going so so you know what you know i feel like when um not only did we have coronavirus right this pandemic and living in the middle of a pandemic and you also add on the racial unjust and the divide and i think this time for us where we're, we are on a break, if you will, and taking this pause has really opened everyone's eyes up to the racial unjust that we're seeing. And it weighs on me heavily. And I think, especially as a Black woman, because we're such caretakers of our community and our family, and um, we weigh that on us. And so I didn't know how much it was affecting me until I looked around one day and like, is this depression? Right, because just like not wanting to get out of bed and feeling very sad and just weighed down and kind of hopeless, if you will. And I've always been a positive person, but um, I just watched the Jacob Blake video yesterday, and um, I I just 
I was just floored by it. It just seems like everything is so out of control. Um, and it's, it's just heavy and it's stressful and it's sad. And I do feel helpless because I want to fix the thing or feel like I, I can come up with things to try to be a part of the solution and do my part. But even that, I'm just like discouraged, if you will, um, in, in trying to figure out, I don't know how to move forward in this world. Man. Oh man, that's, that's heavy, right? Like it's just, it's what you're saying is just so real for so many people. And that's one of the reasons why I stopped watching videos because I can't continue to absorb that into my spirit. And um, I was talking to my daughter the other day and I wasn't talking to her specifically about this, but I was talking to another adult about Jacob Blake and my daughter overheard and she just started crying, right? And as much as we have these conversations, like as much as I talk to her about what's going on in society, it's starting to weigh on her just as much as it's weighing on the adults. And he had never cried before. So what you're saying, I'm just like, how do we, we're, we're navigating that space right now because she was like, again, I, and I'm like, I did not mean for you to even hear that, right? Like, I think she just walked in when I was talking about it because we were on um, a video chat. And I was like, I've been trying to shield you from a lot of this. And she was just like, it's a lot, mommy, it's a lot. Um, so we even, that. yeah, no, on the, so I've got four children. Um, my boys yeah. are 13 and 11 and the girls are um, eight and five. Are. But um, when the Starbucks incident happened, right, with the two black guys and they're waiting to have a meeting in Starbucks and the workers call the police on them, I started sharing with my kids then mm -hmm. because I felt like they needed to know what's waiting for them when they leave the comforts of their home or when they're outside, you know, interacting with the people who love and care about them. And unfortunately, as, you know, little boys of color and little women of color, um, that's what they're going to be exposed to. And so I can't keep it all rosies and rainbows for them as yeah. much as I'd like to. And I have to be raw and real and share the truth. And so from the Starbucks incident, I started letting them watch the videos, George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey. And, you know, we do, we, we sit there, we cry, we hug, we try to make sense of it, or at least talk through some things. Um, but I just feel like they need to know too, as much as we want to shelter them, um, they have to know how to interact with police officers. They have to know how to interact when they go to work. They have to know, you know, when they're even in school, how they might be looked at and stereotyped. I just feel like the more education I can try to give them surrounding that, I don't know how you even try to say you can become better equipped, but at least to give them the tools that they need to kind of recognize that these things may and will happen to them. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing, like with my daughter, we, we do a check-in every day, right? And um, what you're saying is so true. I have been shielding her from videos, but we, we talk a lot about it um, just so that she is aware of what's going on because right now in this, to, like, in this day, she is on technology a lot more um, than what I would prefer, 
<laughs> um, so she, she, she's learning some things through not necessarily social media, but she is on TikTok. So to TikTok, she's learned some things through those videos that we yep. have to digest daily to make sure that she's getting the right information. But Ambria, this is not even what I brought you on here to talk about. And we just got off in a Sorry, whole- but- <laughs> So, um, but yeah, like this is just, it's just good stuff. It's just good talking to you. You're just, you know, relatable and just easy to talk to. Um, but everything that we're talking about does relate to the topic that I actually wanted you to talk about, um, which, if I was better at this, I probably would have transitioned a little bit differently, but I'm learning, I'm learning, right? <laughs> because I reached, originally reached out to you about interracial relationships and because mm-hmm. um, I see your posts about your family, about your business, and I am getting to know you. So I was just like, let me ask. And mm-hmm. your posts are great. Like you, the post about the school, um, I was just like, huh? okay like this is this is good stuff um and i just wanted you to kind of share some insights about being an interracial um, interracial relationship with everything that we just talked about right like what does that mm-hmm. um feel like look like like what type of conversations are you having like just you know whatever you would like yeah. to share i just kind of wanted to get your insight on that because i know that there's people in the similar situations to you. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And when you reached out with the topic, I thought, you know what, this is great. And the timing is amazing because I feel like conversations like this need to be had and shared with the rest of the world, right? Because we, um, I don't know, our story really, in order to understand, we have, I have to go all the way back to the beginning, which really just, it's just a beautiful story out of love, really. So um, Kevin and I worked together in my husband's Polish and Irish. Um, We worked together at Finish Line. So at the mall, at Franklin Park Mall, um, he was working there and then I came on board working there as well. And um, I did not like him. I didn't like Kevin because he didn't talk. (laughs) We're opposite in like all the ways, but then very much the same in a lot of ways. And so um, he didn't talk very much. And if you know me, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm talking all the time, right? And I'm not afraid to make friends and walk into rooms where no one looks like me, like I'm just comfortable in who I am. And so um, he just never talked and I didn't understand that. I'm like, how can you work at Finish Line when you need to persuade others? You need to put your customers to purchase other Well, I don't see, why do they keep you around? Like, this is crazy. So um, didn't like him, he didn't talk. I remember specifically going up to him and saying, why don't you talk? And he literally looked at me and he walked away. He didn't say anything. I was like, boy is so weird. I don't like him. So then I'm walking through school one day and who's walking down the hallway? Like that's that boy I don't like who works at finish line with me. So I go up to him and I'm like, hey, what are you doing at my school? And he was like, what are you doing at my school? And then I was at, then we were together all the time. And then obviously getting to know one another and talking more and then um, being a around not even at school, but then at work, and then just like this relationship formed. And it was met with a lot of um, adversary, right? Um, Kevin's parents right out the gate were like, no, you are not going to, well, they were more diplomatic in their approach, right? So his parents were like, you know what? Society isn't gonna accept you if you marry her. 
And you probably can't have kids with her either because of what society is going to think about that, right? So that was his parents' thing. And then my parents were just like, look, you aren't dating a white boy. You are not crossing the color barrier and you are not bringing him home. So for the longest time, we were just like, okay, we're friends. I, but we knew we were more than friends because we were together all the time. And obviously I had feelings for him. He had feelings for me. And through that adver adversary, if you will, it only made us stronger. <laughs> because then we were able to turn to each other and work through some problems. So now you guys created this issue. Now we're going through a struggle, which made us even more solid. And so I'm like, I don't know if we would have worked out if it would not have been for those issues and us being like, whatever, us against the world kind of thing. Um, and it just, we've been together ever since. And so we met in 1997. Um, so just the current climate of the world just really pray, played into the, how we started to begin with, right? Is that divisiveness and that divide and still coming together despite what others might say and what others might think. And it really helps us even in business, right? Because we're, we just take risk. And so we're able to, you know, do some things and make some moves that others find too risky and won't. But I'm like, from the beginning, we've just been rebellious and risk takers and it's just paid off. And so we've built our families surrounding that love and our businesses surrounding that love. And we just keep growing despite of and persevering despite of but yeah it's met with all the time you know the funny looks the stares um but you know we just keep it pushing and do us no just kind of the conversations that we're having now really spans from the conversations that we were having then you know, why is this like this? This is ridiculous. We don't understand it, but um, we, I mean, we have tough conversations together, but he just gets it. I mean, sometimes he's even more woke than I am. Like I was trying to carry um, my Gucci purse and he's like, no, no, no. Uh -uh. We're both, we're boycotting Gucci right now. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shoot, you're right, we are. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I feel like whatever issues I have, they're his issues. Hmm. And so I'm not afraid to talk about whatever I'm going through because he just completely gets it. And we can have high-level conversations around it, make our moves surrounding it. Um, he just understands and, and gets it. Because he's been discriminated against, too. Because he's just guilty by association. Um, a lot of his friends are black. And so even before I was in, even in the picture, um, just based on the, his neighborhood, he had friends that were all different colors. And he spent a lot of time with his, uh, with black friends. Um, and so they would be in cars together and driving down the street and they'd get harassed. You know, they get harassed and pulled out the car and, you know, handcuffed and didn't even do anything. And so he's had several, more than I have, experiences with um, racism and targeting just by, you know, who he chooses to be friends with and associate with. Very, very interesting. Um, I'm glad that that worked out for you because um, I've heard of 
other stories where it hasn't worked out and people are just now having the conversation about racism with their their partner when they're in their interracial relationships. So I am like very ecstatic that you have somebody like you guys are so strong in that sense. Um, and that's that's pretty amazing to see to hear that you guys have that healthiness in your relationship. So what um what advice would you like to give or what would you like to share with people that are listening right now? Because I'm not sure if they even know the your story. So just give some words of wisdom to people. Um, I would love that. Yeah, for sure. I'd say um I'm a big advocate of people, you know, living their best life, right? Living your best life. And sometimes that means being uncomfortable. And too many people are afraid, are afraid of the uncomfortable space. And for me, in my own experience, it's when I've been uncomfortable that I A, grow the most, learn the most, and then the dividends are large versus if I just remained safe and kept it comfortable. Um, so I, I mean, everybody should know that it's okay to be uncomfortable. Those risks are necessary in order for you to grow, no matter what it is. If you're, you know, working your nine to five, even having a conversation with your boss or manager surrounding, you want to, you know, rise up the corporate ladder and what does that look like? And not being afraid to say, hey, can we have conversations? Can we institute a plan to help me reach my goals? Right? And um, just not being afraid to get uncomfortable because it's necessary. If not, you just remain mediocre, to be honest. Like you have to get outside of yourself, take risk, um, because it's then that the greatness will be pulled. Um, I, I read a quote not too long ago and it said, the most ideas are in the cemetery, right? They're at the gravesite. The best and brightest ideas because people were too afraid to act on them and they were too um, okay with being comfortable. And if you're comfortable, guess what? The rest of the world misses out on what you were created to offer us anyway. And if you don't act on it, we never get it. It never gets pulled out or brought to fruition. And, um, you know, by people not stepping out, the rest of us aren't better because of it. And so we need you to take the risk. We need you to get uncomfortable and really step into your greatness. You know, we all have so many different gifts and skill sets within us. Um, too oftentimes we're afraid to get outside of the box. You know, we're just stuck in a box based on, you know, what my mom told me I should be doing, what my dad said I should be doing, what my boss said I should be doing, what my friends think that I should be doing. Well, no, what is best for you, right? And people don't sit in that space for a long enough time. When, um, so I did pharmaceutical sales for 15 years and I resigned um, at the end of 2017. And when I tell you it was the most difficult decision I've ever made in my life, I probably cried for the first year when I was an entrepreneur trying to figure things out because I didn't have, you know, really any expectations, if you will. Nobody was like, hey, put you up at this time. This is what's expected of you. Reach the sales goal and you get blah, blah, blah. No, it was just me navigating the space and trying to figure things out on my own. And it was very unusual. And then I felt 
lost, even though I knew what it was what I needed to be doing. And it was like, it was hard, <laughs> but I did it. I just kept showing up every day. I just took a day at a time. Like, okay, today you're going to do these five things or these 10 things. And then the next day you're going to do these things. And so I just kept putting one foot in front of the other, figuring it out and figuring it out. And then it just, it's working. It's working. Here I am three years later, you know, um, nothing has, everything knock on wood has been great. The businesses have experienced double the growth every single year, even with the pandemic right now, the companies are still doing very well. Um, but had I not explored that, I still would have been comfortable in my sales role, in my corporate role, not knowing what the possibility could even be. You know, to now run two multi-million dollar companies and not be tied to a corporation. What if I wouldn't? I employ 17 people, right? Yeah, they probably would have worked somewhere else, but I was able to create revenue in a way that I employ and feed multiple families that I wouldn't have done had I stayed with my corporate job. But I mean, taking the risk is not easy. Um, it took me a long time. I Kelly for the whole year um, trying to figure out if I had made the right choice. Um, so yeah, just get uncomfortable, you guys. Take a risk. It'll pay off. It sucks in the beginning, but it's well worth it. You know, thank you. I'm just over here saying like, this is amazing, right? We came in with, I came in thinking like one topic, but then you're giving all this life advice about just who you are, because you are a risk taker, right? Like your whole life, <laughs> like at least high school through now, it seems like you've been a risk taker. Um, and taking risk and still being um, true to who you are is, is amazing to see that you own your own space um, I don't think enough of us do that. And people, I think for me, I'm still working to, to get out of this comfort zone, right? Like we're doing this podcast right now and it's uncomfortable, but I'm doing it. So just learning from you mm -hmm. and, um, seeing you as an example is, is pretty amazing. And everything that you just detailed from, you know, your children being in the space of, uh, how you're talking to them about the racial unrest and your, the, the strength you have in your relationship with your husband, right? Coming from different backgrounds and how you endure that adversity and, and over, or overcame it rather. And, you know, taking risks within your professional life. Like that's, you know, that's, that's amazing. Um, and I hope that other people learn from that and do take a risk because it can be done. You're an example of how it can be done. So I just really thank you for sharing your story, like just rounding out all of your story instead of just that one topic that we, that I reached out to you for. Um, and I'm just like, I, I'm in just a state of gratitude right now um, with being in your space. And I just really thank you. Yeah, of course. So I mean, Thank you, Kelly, for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I know, you know, our topic was for, you know, interracial relationships. And so um, something else that we do come up against, too, that I'll, I'll briefly touch on is being that we are, you know, a black woman and a white guy running these businesses. 
<laughs> people are looking at me like, um, like literally it is him and only him. And I've got this advantage, if you will, because I am married to a white guy. And so other not too long ago when she said, one of my relatives said, well, how was Andrea able to get those properties, right? And my mom goes, well, you know, they search for them, you know, they look them up, they pay for them, like all these things. And she goes, yeah, I'm, I just think it's her white husband. He's, he's helping her to get those places like that. And so I do get that often. People think that, okay, we're, I'm only where I am because, you know, my husband is white. And so I have this advantage, if you will. Like they completely negate the fact that I work my ass off and there's been a lot of sacrifices throughout this process that we've made together and that we've been a team. And he's not getting any handouts because of me and vice versa. Like, in fact, I think that it makes it even difficult. I mean, you think if he, if he showed up at a bank with you know, a white wife, he'd probably get a whole hell of a lot further than he does with me. I mean, we get told no all the time, but the difference is I don't stop. Like I get called, so I'll go to a bank, this legit happened. And actually we live in an old warehouse that we renovated. I remember when I was trying to look for a loan, a, a construction loan, we purchased it. And I was calling all these banks, Kelly, and they were not responding to responding at all. So the one lender I got on the phone, um, she said, um, I got your call yesterday, but we, I talked to the agent and we're not lending on anything like that at this time. And I was like, okay, great. So I got online. I looked up who their commercial lender was and I saw his picture and it had his direct number. So I just called him. Called him and he answered. Oh, yeah. So I, on the phone. Now, now my so I called him and um, I got him on the phone. And so I told him about the project and what I've got going on. And it turns out that he knew exactly the building that I was talking about, that he was familiar with the warehouse district. You know what? Come on in. <laughs> so we scheduled an appointment and I went in and talked to him. Um, and then, you know, long story short, we sat down and he sees our package and our financials and he goes, sure, you've done all this work for me because my Kevin has a finance background and he goes, you know what, you've done all the work for me. So all I have to do is submit this to the board, but I'll have an approval for you next week. And Kelly was calling and they were telling me no. And it wasn't until I got somebody else that said, you know what, I know what you're talking about, come on in. But I couldn't even get past the gatekeeper, if you will. I also had a friend who was in um, at a different bank and she said, she since resigned from there. And she said, Ambria, when I got those loans for you, I purposely did not give them guys' license until the very, very end after you had already been through the approval process. And so he's getting discriminated against just the same as I do, just because we're together. And so to think that we're getting this sort of handout um, because he's around is just ridiculous. But I get it, you know, all the time. You know, I've got some leg up or, you know, I had a guy tell me before, like, oh, okay, you're in real estate. You, you got that white guy. You know, almost like I partnered up with him on purpose to try to get ahead in life. <laughs> Like people are just so backwards in their, in their thinking. But the truth of the matter is Kevin and I just make a, a damn good team, regardless of what color. 
skills and attributes, you know, with his finance major um, and his knowledge of construction. And then I come with sales experience and work ethic and um, leadership skills. And it just, it works for us um, regardless of teamwork. Yeah, and that's great. And I think that needs to be shared, right? Because what you just said, I don't think, at least I didn't have that perception because I see so many news articles. Like there was recently just a news article about um, an appraisal, a home appraisal with a um, interracial couple where when they first went in, they only appraised it at like 335,000 because there was black art and just black culture in the home. And then when they recognized that it wasn't even market value that they were appraised at, granted, I don't know like the whole story, but this is what I remember of it. They took down everything that signified black culture and it went up by 50, maybe $75,000 and was more aligned with what the prices were, the appraisals were in that area. And um, so that article has been circulating for quite some time. So um, it's amazing to hear your story and I'm grateful. Like I'm just in a state of gratitude. Like lately, just this past whole month, I'm just like, oh, this is great. Um, but when you hear stories like that, it just hurts my heart um, to hear that people are going through that and you don't know what their relationship is like. So to hear that, how strong you guys are, like the partnership that you guys have is something that I think needs to be highlighted and especially in the time that we're in um, and that he has your mm-hmm. back in, as much as you have his back, but like he's right there with you um, in the trenches of what's going on. So I think that's, that's, that's amazing. I thank you for sharing your insights because it's, it's so valuable. Um, so thank you. Absolutely. And Brave Space for Critical Conversations is a podcast under the Matching Peace brand. Matching Peace provides equity-centered education, training, and mentoring that focuses on horizontal co-learning with institutions and between peer and family groups to enrich their overall well-being. You can follow Matching Peace on Facebook and Instagram under the username Matching Peace or subscribe to our newsletter at www.matchingpeace.org.